Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Blum, episode number 386, our first one of 2023. So actually, that's what we're going to be talking about today, a little bit of recap of the past year and a little thoughts on the next one, mostly, I think, related to time. Really, that's what the new year is. I'm recording this on New Year's Day. It really is just another day, but we mark the time as uh, as significant because it is the arbitrary start of a new year. And often when people get to this point, they're thinking about what sort of things they would like to do in the next year, a lot of New Year's resolutions and things like that. And I can't necessarily say I'm a huge New Year's resolution person, but I, I do often make goals and uh, throughout the year. And um, I think that it helps, I think, inform how I choose to spend time. And, you know, time is an interesting thing because we can never really have more of it. We, we have however much we have. And that's sort of it. It's kind of a, actually kind of a morbid <laughs> subject to think about, I guess. I think um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that uh, uh, I, I was thinking about when I was writing the 13th hour, you know, in that particular story, uh, the king, King Darian, wants to live forever. And not, not only just live forever, but be forever young. Uh, kind of like the the Alphaville song, although the subject is is somewhat different in that song. But the idea that um, you know we only have a certain amount of time, and that that we, no one really knows how mo- how long you have, is something that we all have to grapple with. I think the idea that when we set goals, we're really choosing how to prioritize or sort of say this is important because we know we have a limited amount of time, a limited resource. You know, time is one of those things you can't buy more of. You know, here's the story of a king who could have anything that he wants in the whole world. But this is this one particular thing that cannot be bought, and that's more time. And it's, um, it's this thing that uh, I, I don't, I never took an economics class. But um, my mother, uh, who studied economics in college, would sometimes use this term, and I always thought it was funny, um, just because it, it sounds so, the idea is, sounds so formal for a relatively simple idea. And she would say, diminishing returns of marginal utilities. <laughs> so, so it's the idea of that as you, the initial thing that you get that means a lot to you because it represents a scarce resource. That's the marginal utility part of it. And then as you get more and more of that, I think it's related to consuming things. So for example, the first thing that you get of something that you really, really wanted, you're like, oh, this is great. But if you get a lot of those things, then you're kind of like, oh, well, you you know, you it kind of like diminishes your value for that particular thing. But I think that applies to not just consumer items, but also other things as well. And I don't know if you necessarily consider time a marginal utility because it's not something that you really can buy, like we were just talking about. But it kind of, kind of feels like it's a, it could be the same kind of commodity because even though commodity is not really the right word, if you have a lot of time at hand, it's easy to not necessarily value it in the same way as if you had very little of it. You know, as as a child you know, children experience time in a different way because presumably they have a lot of it. And also their conception of time is, is may, may very well be different. 
where they're kind of living more in the moment, which is probably as it should be. And probably there's a lot of value in that for all adults uh, to also remember as well. But as, as you may remember as a kid, sometimes you, you may have a huge amount of time, like over a summer break or a winter break or something like that, and be like, oh, I'm bored, right? Because it feels like you have tons of time and you don't know how to spend it. Whereas someone who has a very scarce amount of time, let's just say they, they're under a deadline, that time seems to go by extremely quickly. And it seems to go by in, like they, they can't fit enough in that amount of time that they have, even though it really is the same amount of time. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. We have choices about how we want to spend it. You know, it's interesting when often people will say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time for this or that or whatever it is. And I think there definitely are certain times when you have more time than others, right? And there's certain conditions where you're going to have, you're just going to have less of it. For example, you know, if you're working, you have children, you have other commitments, those things don't really wait. You can't really you have choices in how you spend your time, but you have a lot less, a lot less flexibility. I think when you're just working to get by, get through the day, you have less available free time. I think often that's what we're talking about, free time, where you have a certain amount of time that's taken up by fulfilling biological needs, eating, sleeping, so forth. And then you have a certain amount of time that's taken, taken up by through work and stuff that you can't really get around. Um, and even if we, so we, if we assume that you're not able to do other things during those times, that you're not trying to do something fun, for example, during a lunch break, or you're not trying to skimp on sleep or whatever, uh, there's only going to be a certain amount of time that's left over for doing other things that you want to do. But if you have less of those responsibilities, of course, you'll have more of that. So I think the context of where this comes from is important and who's giving that advice while well, like, Hey, just make more time. I think we can all say that, but you know, I think it really depends on the situation, how much flexibility you really have to do that. That said, you know, I think most of us, the way we allot our time, is it, are there ways to optimize it? Probably, I think in a lot of cases. Um, but, uh, it, it, it's one of those things. I think when we make goals and we set like resolutions for like what we're going to do, it's, our attempt to kind of figure out what is the best use of my time because I know it's limited, right? There's an interesting thing. I'm not a Buddhist, but um, if you look at at least Tibetan Buddhism, there's a, a thing called the samsara. I think I'm pronouncing that right, but it's like the wheel of life. And if you look it up, you'll, you'll see like this, it's a circle and it has a lot of symbolism there, but it's basically like there are these phases of life that you go through. And there's one phase of life called sort of the, like the animal phase. And this is the phase of life that it's like a condition that people are in when they are basically just trying to survive, kind of like a wild animal would be, um, at least our conception of what a wild animal is, is doing. They're just kind of getting, it's not necessarily, there isn't necessarily like a, a clear strategy associated with it or goals other than basic survival. 
at least from a human perspective. It may be totally different from an animal's animal perspective. I don't know. Animals may look at what humans do and say that's nuts. Um, th this is a very much you know human judgment kind of uh, lens um, that they've cast on the animal world. So be it be that as it may. The animal realm is is one where we often will find ourselves in when we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get through the day, get through the week, get to the next step because day-to-day -day life is like, you know, uh, it's a struggle. And I think we all find ourselves in that that period of time at some point. But then there's other realms um, that are more, allow you to, because those basic needs are met, and so they, you ascend to, I think, what they call like the God realm, where you're starting to think about other things uh, beyond that that are more fulfilling and more kind of a psychological level. And I, I think we there's all time, there's times when we fluctuate, we go back and forth, you know, times when we're, when we're stuck in this, this sort of, uh, all right, let's just get through the day, push through, push through, get through. And other times when we have a little bit more flexibility, where we can start to think about how we want to use our time in a more intentional way, other than just getting to the end of it, getting to the end of the day, because hopefully we were not really just rushing through to the end of our life because, you know, hey, we only have a certain amount of it. If you look at what people call like different days of the week, I mean, we have the weekend, right? People were working for the weekend, right? What about all the other days? Wednesday, some people call the hump day because, oh, got through the difficult part of the week or half the week. And now I'm just, I only have Thursday and Friday and then I, you know, I can rest on the weekend, right? But hopefully we're not just like getting through these humps, these, these milestones, you know, so we're kind of like progressing and getting through and leaving these other aspects of our life behind just to be done with them. But we're all, we've all been there. We've all been in those places where we're just trying to get through. So there's a um, there's a quote I uh, I like. Um, it happens to be on Brandon Lee's tombstone. Brandon Lee being being the son of Bruce Lee and uh, martial artist and uh, uh, actor as well. And I've talked about him before on this podcast, but. He actually had a quote, and I'm looking it up here just so I get it right. It's by an author named Paul Bowles from a book called Shel The Sheltering Sky, and it's from 1949, a book apparently of alienation and ex existential despair. So I don't, <laughs> I've not read the book, and I don't know if I necessarily is a book that I would necessarily want to read based on that description. But uh, I really like this particular quote from the book. And uh, I assuming Brandon Lee did as well, because it's on his tombstone. And it's, uh, it goes, because we do not know when we are going to die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well. And yet everything happens only a certain number of times and a very small number really. How many times would you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood, an afternoon that is so deeply a part of your being, you cannot conceive of your life without it, perhaps four or five times more, perhaps not even that. How many times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20, and yet it all seems limitless. And it's, uh, 
it's like one of those it's like one of those things we all inherently know but uh it's it's just a beautiful quote i think that that helps us kind of think about things that are actually most important because i think when we're when we realize that we are up against a finite resource that is non it's exhaustible or right? you can't replenish it we start to value the time that we have more so that said i'm you know looking back on the past year and thinking about some things that happened and you know i think overall it was quite a good year in many ways it has some challenging moments of course when it came to the different things that make up this podcast and the things that happened in this realm i think it was overall pretty positive this particular year is the year that i started doing for the patreon um, dungeons and dragons like mini campaigns i guess they're not technically dungeons and dragons but tabletop role playing we did them through through um zoom and then and ultimately discord uh, in the world of the 13th hour. And this is my first foray into doing anything really like that. I never really thought that would be something I would do. Um, you know, in the past couple of years, I've learned more about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons st- style of role-playing games. And it, it it's uh, it's an interesting world. I, I never really would have thought that that would have been the direction that uh the things would go in, but I'm really happy that they have. You know, I, I remember talking about before that when I was, uh, you know, in college, thinking that I would turn the thirteenth hour story into a game of some of some sort, and that may still happen. But uh, this is probably the the closest iteration of that. You know, I remember thinking about. The 13th Hour is a story that I envisioned in a kind of audiovisual way. Not, and a book was a book with illustrations seemed like the, the closest I could kind of get to it. And I've added to that over time with things like the, the, the uh, um, soundtrack, more illustrations, you know, figures and toys that kind of they're all represent, representations of it. But I think, to be honest with you, uh, a game, one that is interactive uh, in this way, is probably actually a more real um, thing of what I was actually talking about. So, I'm 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 quite pleased about how that has happened. I look forward to doing more of those things over this next year. So that was one thing, and then something that we'll be we'll be doing more of in the next year. Uh, one thing that uh, my brother and I started. We actually started the year before, but uh, over this year, consistently, we started doing 80s fantasy movies that we either had seen and didn't remember very well or had not seen. And that was just a nice thing that we did on a almost monthly basis. Uh, just a, a cool little segment of the show since, you know, so much of what I've written and done was influenced by that genre of films. And there's a bunch more that we're thinking of doing, so the that that's been a really fun kind of thing to do i did a did a bunch of work on figures uh over this past year um just the other day i was putting together the 13th hour figures uh that the ones the action figures that i've been working on for quite a while it's taken quite a while to to do those that's been a project that's been ongoing over this over this year 
but I have them all in their cases at this point, and I just have the cover art left to finish. Uh, and those will be uh, sort of done as a release for uh, the next 13th Hour soundtrack, Once Upon a Dream, which is something that uh, I would like to do over this year. So finishing that album and having a special release with the figures uh, that I've made is something that I, I definitely have on the list to do in 2023. Um, the Rocketeer figures, uh, I've been working on those. I'm painting them at the moment. So that's uh, these are the, 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 the five POA counter style ones, and those will be done soon. I have a little story that's associated with that, and that's, of course, the video game that also goes with it, too, that I think I'll tie in with that in some way. So that was something that was started this year, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do over the course of next year, wrapping that project up. Uh, let's see, you know, kind of related to that was also, this was also a year I did a bunch of the Lego figures, you know, uh, that were finally finished. Uh, the Lego Rocketeer figures, the Knight of the Comet figures, uh, got those out there and as uh, charity auctions. And a related one was Beverly, the Beverly Switzler mini uh, resin minifigure for, again, a charity auction. Um, so those are all projects that I finished over the course of this year. And after those took quite a while to do, but uh, they were they were all a lot of fun. I learned a lot by doing every single one of them. And uh, I'm glad I was able to finish them this year. I think, you know, I think reflecting on the time bit with this stuff, all these projects took a lot longer than I anticipated because there was only so much time that I had to devote to them. So it was done in small little pieces. And I think one thing that I've learned to, to never discount, I think, is the power of doing things in small little chunks where you can and having that kind of accumulate over the course of time. So I, th I have to say, I think I learned this probably, I learned this in many different fields, I think, but I think the analogy that fits the best, I think, for at least for me, was back in in the era of much slower internet. Um, when I was in high school, we first got the access to the internet, and it was through the phone lines, dial-up internet. And uh, it was, I forget what the numbers were. It was like 28K, which is the speed of it, which is pretty slow, I think. And then there was a speed after that, which I think was 56. I forget what those numbers exactly mean. That's the speed of it. But anyway, it was slow. It was over a phone line. And to download something, like even if it were a picture or... Mm, if you wanted to download like a song or whatever, like an MP3, and you want to do over a phone line, it would probably take you like an hour, uh, probably more in some cases. And when I got older, this probably was in the mid-2000s or so, um, I remember, I think I was, what was I doing at the time? I remember there, I I'd had limited access to the internet, but I remember going to places like, you know, a library or places like that when if I wanted to download something larger and having it take a really long time. But if you waited, you know, and you did it slowly over the course of time, like days, sometimes even weeks, it would actually happen and you would finally download something like, you know, 
something large. And uh, so the power of, it's just like sort of the drip theory, you know, if a sink drips, you know, this, I don't know, I don't know if this is an actual thing, but if you ever left a sink on just a little bit and it drips, 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 eventually you'll actually fill up the entire thing, but it's going to take a really long time. And so it's the same idea. Like, you know, one of my martial arts instructors in the past used to say inch by inch, it's a cinch. And it's true. I've always tried to keep that in mind. Like, you know, when you're doing these big projects and stuff like that, that they seem overwhelming at first, but if you just do them a little bit at a time, and in this in this case, I only have a little bit at a time. You know, I have a few minutes here, a few minutes there. They do get done, but they just take a while. And so I've always tried to keep that in mind with some of these things. So I'm always um, quite happy when they do actually get finished at the end. Uh, let's see, there's a few other things. You know, uh, speaking of which, I mean, this, uh, this is a past year when I... Uh, got back to actually learning how to make video games, which is something I always wanted to do as a kid. Uh, did as uh, a little bit here and there, um, uh, I would say for a couple of years, uh, but then kind of fell away from that. And I've slowly gotten back into that over the course of this year after discovering a similar sort of graphical uh, programming uh, piece of software called gdevelop5 and it's free it's like i don't know open source is the right word but it's free to use and um, it's there's a lot of tutorials available online and so that's the game that's the the the, uh, the system i'm using to make the little rocketeer game that i created the story of and each step of the way i've been learning how to do various things like how to do the for example just Recently, I was figuring out how to do um, enemy movement and artificial intelligence and how to create a, a system where the characters uh, or the, you know, the, the, the enemy, the NPCs, not NPCs, what are they called? Well, I guess enemy characters, right? As they're moving around, they will, um, they'll change their action based on what you as a player will, are doing. And so there's ways to do that, and people have figured it out and put tutorials on, on YouTube and stuff like that. It's great. Never had that before. And so that's something that's that's really cool to kind of learn about each each step of the way. And so that's something that hopefully I'll be able to finish over this year as well. And that's something, you know, um, I think it would be realistic to hope that I could use those skills in that particular program because it's all pixel art and I can create the pixel art fairly straight, fairly easily uh, to make a little thirteenth hour game. So I can finally do that. And that I don't know if that'll be a twenty twenty three project. That may be the year afterwards or so. But eventually, that would be what I would like to do. So that's one thing that I'm grateful for having been restarted because I kind of always meant to get back to that. Um, it's been nice thinking about the different guests that I've had over the course of this year. Uh, obviously, I had my brother on a whole bunch of those episodes. If you were a guest on the show, um, I probably have sent you something by now, just thanking you for doing that. Um, I, all the conversations were great. Um, I had uh, a number of friends on, you know, of course, my brother, and then Adam of AC Toy Design, and Joseph Fresh, and Obi, we were talking about some of our favorite movies. We'll 
hopefully be doing more of those again in the future. Those are great conversations. And I will say as a, you know, as a aside from that, you know, I never really expected the podcast to, to give back in many different ways. I mean, you know, podcasts are things that, you know, they, they take a lot of work. Um, they can be um, things that people sink in a lot of time and money into. Uh, I wouldn't say I sink in a lot of money necessarily, but um, time, yeah, for sure. I've been doing it for now, whatever, eight years or maybe even more. I think technically nine. Now it's 2023. Uh, but it's a it's given me back a lot of intangible things I never really thought would happen, meaning that it's allowed me to connect to a lot of people. These are people that I've connected with mostly through as guests, but uh, sometimes just, you know, on in promoting it on social media and stuff like that, I've connected with various people that I would never have met in day-to-day -day life. And that's been really a blessing in, in various ways because finding finding and creating that little community of, of uh, folks who, you know, enjoy the same things and so forth is in some ways, uh, maybe the, the best thing to, um, to, to come out of all of this, because that's, uh, that helps bring people together. And it, it, um, it's brought many, many things to my life. So I, I'm very, very thankful for that. I probably have mentioned that, uh, to, to you, uh, if you're like, for example, on the Patreon and so forth, but I'll just say it again, uh, cause I think it is worth saying, you know, and so, um, you know, some of my, uh, you know, thinking about some of my other guests, I, you know, Jeremy Lesniak, Whistlekick, we had a great conversation, connecting with Catherine Mary Stewart in person, and then again on the show, talking about Night of the Comet, great conversation, uh, great person. And then, of course, being able to talk with Billy Campbell, uh, the Rocketeer, what a way, what, 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 what a great conversation, and what a, what a great person. Uh, that, that, that particular conversation took about took quite a while to arrange. I mean, probably close to three years if you, if you actually look at the um, start to finish. But uh, I think it just goes to show that you know things the things that are worth doing they take some time, and little by little, like you can accomplish those things uh, if you don't give up on them. And I think things that are worth doing you shouldn't give up on. Continue at it. Find a way. And uh, eventually that those things will happen. I actually would like to transition actually to, there's a, a quote that um, from Dave Stevens that actually Billy Campbell read. And I've talked about this particular documentary before, but it's the Dave Stevens documentary, Drawn to Perfection, where it talks about Dave Stevens, the artist, of course, um, and some of the struggles that is, and accomplishments that he had, you know, he was something that someone who struggled a lot with time, I think, in various ways, even the title kind of suggests that it, it, in aiming for perfection, that means that, that of course, is very time consuming. And it also means that there were other things that he could not do because of that. And that's sort of what the documentary is about in various ways. So this is a little excerpt from a journal that he, uh, that he had uh, penned and is read by Billy Campbell. 
and it's one of the closing things of the uh, the documentary. So if you get a chance to watch the whole documentary, I highly recommend you do it, even if you're not necessarily uh, a Dave Stevens fan or like the Rocketeer or whatever. It does touch on those both of those, uh, you know, the artistic, um, his, his famous art pieces and, of course, the Rocketeer and his other works. So it obviously touches on those kinds of things like that. But if you're just, even if you're... Um, someone who does something creative and you in some way struggle with how you use your time, which I think most of us creative folks do in some way, then I would highly recommend you check it out just to see, even I think just to know that you're not alone in that regard, I think is a helpful thing. So let's listen to this particular excerpt read by Billy Campbell. life. The clock has been my enemy. There's never been enough time because I've never made good use of it. It seems to me that one of the worst things a creative person can do is to squander his talents on meaningless, trivial, selfish pursuits which benefit no one. And the greatest shame in an artist's career would be to leave an endless trail of unfinished works and abandoned projects which clearly had endless potential all lost to time and indifference. That is something that terrifies me, and rightly so. My growth and potential has largely been limited only by my own lack of foresight and commitment. Maybe I'll get there, maybe not. But at least I can look in the mirror and know that I am trying my very best. Yeah, I think we all struggle with that in various ways. There's never enough time. And I think we're always wondering like how best to spend it to make the most use of it. And so with that idea, I would like to leave it with another idea that's a actually um it's a well it goes back to the samsara that I mentioned before, the the Tibetan wheel of life. And if you look at the very center of it, you will often see three animals and they vary, I think, in how they're configured, but they're usually chasing each other in various ways. And they represent three things that typically generate bad karma. Karma being the stuff that is a sort of a consequence of actions that produces, that sort of keeps you on the uh, the wheel of life, essentially, which, which, you know, the Buddhists, you know, kind of viewed as a suffering various ways. And I may not be quite getting this all right, but um, this is at least my, you know, superficial understanding of it. But it usually is a, a pig, which, which I think is unf- a little bit unfair, but, it, you know, uh, at least to them represents ignorance uh, or confusion or delusion, depending on how it's translated. It's sometimes, I think it's usually depicted as like a wild boar. And then uh, there is a snake, which typically represents anger or hate. And then there is, typically it's a bird, I think. And the bird represents attachment. I think it's usually attachment to sensual things. Um, but I think it could be attachment really in general. And so I think often from, it's the, the snake is sometimes coming out of the pig's mouth. So sort of from ignorance comes hatred. Sometimes they're both coming out of there you know, uh, attachment slash greed, depending on how it, you look at it. 
um, coming out of ignorance. So, you know, anyway, but these, these are these sort of three things, meaning that those are things that are generate sort of this negative energy. But that means there's also three um, things that are sort of opposites of that. So from uh, the opposite of hate being love, the opposite of attachment being sort of non-attachment or being able to let go of things, and the opposite of ignorance, of course, being knowledge or just learning more. So I think in those three, you have you have really some some positive things, right? You know, things like love, compassion, being able to put things aside and let things go and not be dominated by, I guess you could call it the rat race or the, the, the needs of uh, often, you know, desires from other people. Desire, I guess, is you, you could say, right? Being able to put that aside. And I think that also includes our own need to be productive and so forth. I mean, that's a, that's a kind of attachment in itself. There's a time for, there's a time for play, there's a time for, in the words of Christopher Robin, doing nothing in Winnie the Pooh, right? This is, you know, there's a time for that, and there's a, and remembering that that's okay uh, to to uh, to do those things. I think is an important thing that, especially adults, we often need to remember. And then, uh, of course, ignorance, continuing to learn and to grow. Those things lead to, you know, positive things. And so, I think I'll end on that. It's interesting that. You know, those are that was sort of, I guess, an ancient self improvement, ancient philosophy or, or a psychology type of thing. But you know, if you look at you know that that that's you know thousands of years later, a lot of that stuff is still true. And so my you know my my understanding of it is superficial, obviously. But I think uh, uh, it's an interesting thing. I think to to keep in mind. I I think about it as a reminder to myself as much as anything. So I, I hope that uh, the year has started off well for you. I wish, uh, I hope you stay healthy and uh, I hope there's things that you enjoy and want to do and um, that uh, we will uh, meet again uh, and I will talk to you guys at that time in the future. Thanks for listening. Hey, a couple of last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's K-O-F-I slash 13THHR. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to 
share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you can remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.